Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. Manifesting his way onto the show to wizard around with us today is a man who is not only one of the most compassionate, loving, and spiritually aligned individuals I have ever had the pleasure of meeting, but is also, in my opinion, the creator of the best, highest quality, and most pure essential oils on the planet. He holds a doctorate degree in pharmacy from the University of the Pacific, is a botanical enthusiast, a heart-centered entrepreneur whose focus it is to raise the consciousness level of the planet with the products he creates and is the owner and founder of Essential Oil Wizardry, which, as I alluded to earlier, is truly creating the world's finest artisan essential oils and plant alchemy. Trust me when I say that this episode is absolutely jam-packed with incredible information regarding essential oils and will empower you with the knowledge necessary to take your health to the next level. So, without further ado, please give me a big hand in welcoming my man, Dr. Nick Berry, to the show. Dr. Nick, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah. You know, we were catching up at Chex, which was the first time we actually met in person. And it was so funny because, you know, I had seen your picture quite a few times after listening to you on Ben Greenfield and with Chex and everything. And so I remember I was there and it was such an amazing party. There was so much fun happening. And I looked over and I was like, wait, is that is that Dr. Nick Berry? And you had an essential oil in your hand. Well, I'm like, well, that's on brand. So that's definitely him. <laughs> and I was so excited to have the opportunity when you agreed to come on the show and chit chat and, you know, talk all about your journey and essential oils and essential oil wizardry. And it's just really a dream to have you here, man. You know, it's, it's really cool. The last year and a half has been spent hearing people on different podcasts and things like that. And then really meeting them in person. It's been amazing. I mean, from Paul to you, mm. to Sherveen, to Kyle Kingsbury, I mean, it's just been such an amazing year. And uh, I'm just so excited to have you here, man. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like an honored guest. So thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of the places I love to start out for every person, because this really is what this podcast is all about, right? Is paving your own path, right? How did you get to where you are today? And so I would love if you could bring us through the highlights, right? Because I imagine there's a long, long, story of how you got to sitting on this screen with me right now. But, you know, if you could bring me through some of the highlights of like, you know, for instance, when you went into, you know, pharmacy school, you know, what was the path of you realizing that like, hey, maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do. I enjoy the information, but maybe I don't want to be in a typical pharmaceutical paradigm. I'd love to be brought through that journey of how you ended up forming essential oil wizardry and paving your own path. Well, I feel like my path was associated with listening to my heart, following the flow, and also having a deep level of faith and trust in my journey. And so I graduated at age 24 with my doctorate from University of the Pacific um, in pharmacy. And I had worked at an Eastern Western pharmacy for about a year. And it was an independent pharmacy that offered homeopathic medicines, natural supplementation alongside with the pharmaceuticals. So I had some friends that were inviting me to Burning Man in 2010. And that was a pivotal moment for me. I chose to say yes. And at the, at Burning Man, you know, I really learned to listen to the flow and be guided by uh, what is. And I had some friends that were starting a cannabis testing facility in the Bay Area in at that time. 
And for me, I reflected on how can a pharmacist add legitimacy to the field of cannabis? Um, I was naturally passionate about plants, and I've always been fascinated by cannabis. And so I looked to get involved, and I started doing consulting at cannabis clinics. And that was really my road into learning more about terpenes. Mm. So learning about terpenes is what guided me to the path of essential oils. Um, so essential oils are rich in these pharmacologically active constituents known as terpenes, which are um, responsible for flavor and fragrance. And so as I dove into the world of cannabis, it brought me into the world of essential oils. And so as I started experimenting and compounding different creams and lotions for some of our clients down in Los Angeles at a dispensary, I started getting more and more fascinated by the world of essential oils. And so as I started experimenting, I, I worked with um, both transdermal applications of customizing different oils and creams for our clients. And I also was experimenting with internal ingestion and vaporization. Uh, within myself. So a very powerful moment that I had was um, when I had a, a bout of pneumonia and I, I had had um, respiratory infections three times. And uh, the first two times I worked with pharmaceutical drugs, um, azithromycin and let's see, azithromycin and Levaquin. And these were the first two years. And after about five to seven days is when I started to see uh, improvement in my condition. Then on the third year, I vaporized oil of oregano. And um, it's quite astonishing because um, the oil of oregano is high in carvacrol. And because mm -hmm. of my research, I, I knew that um, carvacrol was really effective, even against bacterial uh, even against bacteria that were resistant to antibiotics. And I, I figured if oil of oregano can kill uh, a bacteria such as MRSA, it could probably uh, really support and kill whatever was growing in my lungs. And so because the infected site was my lungs, what I did was I put some of the essential oil into my vaporizer. Um, I heated it up and breathed it in. And oil of oregano is very caustic. And so I want to be very clear that I'm not suggesting this to any of the listeners. Um, by the time that I was choosing to engage with this, I was having difficulty breathing. And I realized that I had to go to the ho hospital or see a doctor very quickly uh, because I was um, very short of breath by this time. And right at that moment was when I saw the, the vaporizer and the oil of oregano sitting right next to it. And I said, aha. <laughs> and so, so this was a pivotal moment in my life for me, Ryan. And I'm, I'm sharing this, um, which could seem a little bit off topic because it was an aha moment for me about working with the power of essential oils. Mm. And so as I um, heat up the oil of oregano and took a deep inhalation in my lungs, uh, the irritation that it caused, it really broke up lots of the mucus and phlegm. And I was coughing for a uh, I would say approximately five to 10 minutes after several uh, inhalations of the oil of oregano. And um, about 15 minutes later, I would say I felt something like 10 to 20% better. And this is about 
the same level of improvement that I started noticing at about five to seven days uh, with the traditional antibiotics. Mm. And so this was an aha moment of recognizing the power and the potency of plants when utilized appropriately and conscientiously. And so because the infection site was my lungs, inhaling the oil of oregano directly to where the infection was, was a lot more efficient and quick to act compared to taking an oral antibiotic, uh, which had lower penetration into the lungs. Mm. And so this was an aha moment that really guided me uh, to dive deeper into this path. And so with this level of trust, I continued to share essential oils through various methods. Um, uh, very initially, orally, I, I would serve cocktails at, at festivals and parties, cocktails without alcohol, just with essential oils and hydrosols. And, mocktails. Um, exactly, mocktails. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and I would share the vaporization of different essential oils for therapeutic and mind-altering effects. And so... It really was a road guided by trust, faith, and enjoyment um, mm. where I got to travel around, um, go to different festivals and events and share the oils and teach essential oil wizardry play shops and um, just really empower people with the plants. Wow. That's such an incredible journey. And I took some notes that I'll get to in a second. But what I want to say first is, you know, it's so amazing how really what I felt there and what I heard there was that there was an, an intuitive knowing when you were sick, right? And it was like, yes, you could quantitatively say that, oh, I remember leaving the oil of oregano next to the vaporizer. Yes, sure. You could say that, right? That argument can be made. And at the same time, there was, I imagine, something inside of you that clicked, right? And it was a knowing, not a thinking, right? And that's like one of those things that I separate from quantitative to qualitative. Quantitative is more of a thinking. Is that going to work? Let me look at the research. You know, what's the percentages of me getting hurt, yada, yada, versus qualitative, which is like, I might not be able to explain why this is happening and it's still happening. And I'm having faith and trust in that process. And that's so amazing, man. And, you know, one of the big subjects, you know, I'm a huge cannabis person and that's like one of my biggest passions. And that's something we bonded over at Paul's too. And so I'm definitely going to want to get back into that as well. And really like I looked into, when I was looking into your background, I saw that you used to do like the holistic pharmacy, right? Which I imagine was what you were talking about when you were going around to festivals and things like that. And you know, I was born and bred at music festivals also. And, you know, they were really my intro into spirituality, right? And, you know, I know that festivals can be looked at sometimes as cheesy, right? Or sometimes like a lot of rampant drug use and these things. But at the same time, I mean, they have such an amazing opportunity there. If the person there is ready to receive what those festivals are giving to be able to open you up and stretch your mind, right? And when we think about what plants in general, but especially, you know, psychoactive and psychedelic plant medicines do, they really allow you to realize that you don't know anything right? And when you don't know anything, anything is a possibility. And so then life becomes a mystery again, right? The only reason we don't believe in Santa Claus is because someone told us that it was 100% not true, right? But if we choose to believe that we don't know anything, well, then, you know, we could, we could choose to believe in that if we want to, right? Not because we know it's true, but because it helps our experience of life be better. And so I love that aspect of you going to Burning Man and that really opening you up because, you know, as I see it, that really began your hero's journey right? Like that began like you paving your own path and deciding like, Hey, I have these great skills and I've gone to school for these things and et cetera. And 
I'm excited to do it my own way now. Right. And when I think about it, you know, we have seven and a half billion different realities going on in this world. Right. And, you know, I know a lot of the mainstream tries to put us into these boxes. Right. And this isn't a conspiracy thing. It's just basically like, I think everyone's doing the best with what they can, but it's really hard to make schooling different for every person. Right. So a lot of people end up in similar paradigms. And I firmly believe in talking to a lot of people. And I imagine you have too, that everyone's yearning to do something unique. Right. And so whenever I get to talk to someone, this is why I love the show so much. Whenever I get to talk to someone who took a unique set of skills and made a amazing like painting with it, right? Took the paintbrush that is them and made an amazing painting that's unique and vibrant and full of life. I absolutely love that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, right, is, you know, especially coming from a pharmacological background, you know, this is an answer that might seem a little obvious, but I'd like to hear it in your wording, which is why do you feel in the modern day so many people are quick to say, hey, I'll totally use this Z-Pack or uh, any other pharmaceutical. But when you say, hey, um, you know, even someone like you as a doctor, like, hey, I understand how to use this. And let's say you have a legitimate protocol for oil of oregano and pneumonia, right? Say it's, you know, there's scientific research, whatever. Why do you feel so many people are like a little like, eh, I don't know, standoffish about plants? Like for me, like one of the reasons I see is, oh, it can't be that easy, things like that. So I'm curious what you have to say. Why are so so many people okay with going right to a pharmaceutical, but almost not believing in the simplicity of the plants that are around us and have been healing us for generations? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what I can share is in my paradigm and the people that come to me, um, you know what I experience is people who have openness and curiosity about working with plants. And so I I believe what you're referring to is uh, what we might consider kind of the mainstream consciousness to be. And I believe that there's such a deep level inherently built over um, generations uh, for a deep level of trust of science and the industries around science such as the pharmaceutical industry. And so I would say that I've even been indoctrinated in that um, school of belief. And growing up, I found that, or I had believed that pharmaceuticals were the best way to support people's health and to bring them into old age. And this is the reasons why I um, I chose to become a pharmacist when I was just a teenager and I was really clear on my path. And what I can share is that through my natural evolution, I asked the questions of if I'm wanting optimized health, then what I need to do is I need to work at the root of a problem as opposed to masking the symptoms of a problem. And many pharmaceuticals, they work on aiding with symptoms and or reducing symptoms, which to me, my perception is this is not, uh, this is very rarely treating the root of the problem. Mm. Now, I do believe that Western medicine and pharmaceuticals absolutely have their their uh, place in therapy. And um, with an open mind and an open heart, I've continued to learn and evolve a, a very vast array of different therapeutic options. And so I think whatever suits and serves a person best to get at the root of a person's um individual problems and to optimize their health outcomes, I think is a great route to go. 
Yeah. You know, I have the exact same uh, belief systems as you do in that respect. You know, when I was in the cannabis industry, I heard a lot of black and white, like, you know, either the one-sided people coming, one-sided people coming into the dispensary saying, I don't believe in any of this, but I'm here because my doctor told me to. And then the other side where it's like, I interact with cannabis and I never believe in any pharmaceuticals. And I'm like, well, I personally believe that going into life with a binary point of view is never the right answer, right? Binary language acknowledged. And so, mm. you know, for me, I always think of just, it's what is the right tool for the job, right? Like, for instance, I tell people all the time, like, if you get in a car accident, please don't try to meditate your way out of it, right? It's like, there's a great place for Western medicine and pharmaceuticals. That being said, I do think they're overprescribed, right? To a to an insane abundance, right? I mean, if you look at what's going on in the world right now, with diabetes and heart disease and other things as well that we won't mention. It's just, it's very interesting watching all of this happen. And one of the things that I've always kind of known as one of my truths is that these plants, right? Cannabis, all the plants that you use in essential oils, right? You know, kava, kratom, right? All the plant tobacco. I mean, right? Like, I mean, the thing about all the plants that have been quote unquote bastardized um, by mm -hmm. modern, by modern uh, society, you know, all of these plants have been here for so long, right? I mean, combo is another one. It's not a plant, but it's another medicine. And that's one that I hear a lot of challenge with, right? People are like, oh, you're going to burn yourself and put frog venom in you. And I'm like, well, they've been doing this for like 3000 years plus, right? And so, you know, it might not have quote unquote science behind it, but I mean, science is ever evolving, right? It's it's not meant to be worshiped as a the truth. It's a truth for now until someone proves it wrong, right? That's what the scientific method I imagine is, is meant for, right? Is to prove it wrong. And so, that's one of the things that really just gets me curious, you know, and, and I love looking into those types of things and especially asking people that have your, your type of background about these things, because I do find that the, the most knowledgeable doctors these days have information on both sides, right? Like they understand the pharmaceutical paradigm, they understand the holistic paradigm, and they understand how to allow those two to dance and have a connection. And that to me is so amazing. And so one of the things that I would love to get into now is the whole process of essential oils, right? Like this is something that I'm fascinated about and I've heard you speak on it a couple of times and, you know, selfishly, I would love to have you talk about it again so I could learn more about it, which is, I know there's many different methods of creation. I know um, there's many different oils you make. And so I would love to get into like, some of the nitty gritty of like how these are made and what the processes are and why you choose certain processes over others. I imagine for certain oils compared to other oils. Mm -hmm. Great. So um, it sounds like be a quick overview of some of the different extraction methods to produce essential oils and, yeah. and kind of some of the different characteristics of those extraction types. Mm, yes. Happy to, happy to go through that. <laughs> so, so the most common essential oil that is available on the market is um, going to be a steam distilled essential oil. And a steam distillation uh, utilizes water as a solvent. And so you imagine a, a unit um, that is uh, kept in a, a closed loop system. And so you have the plant material and the water on one side. And the water, the plant material can be sitting in the water. And that would be what's known as a hydro distillation, where the water is heated up while the plant material is in is steeping inside of it. And then um, the what happens is the water uh, heats up into a steam. And so the steam carries the volatile aromatics and the terpenes out of the plant material. And the steam 
uh, it rises up through the steam. And in this closed loop system, uh, you have uh, you have a neck going into a collecting flask, and around the neck is uh, a cooling apparatus. And so this this steam, this vapor, is going to cool down into a liquid as it travels towards the collecting flask. And um, as the temperature drops, um, going through the neck and into the collecting flask, you're going to have the the steam which turns into a water, uh, there's going to be a separation because the the water is going to uh, sit on the bottom typically. And then the essential oil, uh, which is most commonly lighter than water with exceptions to things such as vetiver, which would actually sink to the bottom because it's more dense and heavy. And so the, the hydrosol and the essential oils create two different phases. And so um, the water phase is what's known as the hydrolat or the hydrosol. And the essential oil is um, what is what we're referring to as the essential oil. And so that's a that's a typical steam distillation. Now, with steam distillation, which again is is the most common uh, essential oil extraction that is available on the market, you are heating the plant material. And this heat can destroy some of the delicate aromatic molecules. Aromatically speaking, I tend to find that the, the essential oils, they, they smell more light, almost more etheric. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I think of this, it's almost like a, a, a quality. And if you want to think of it almost in, in an alchemical type of perspective, you have um, you have this dense plant material and the steam, it heats up into a higher state of being from water to steam. And then it, it passes through this plant material. And so most essential oil distillations, the plant material is sitting above the, the water, which is steaming, and then the steam just passes through. And that's a more standard steam distillation compared to a hydro distillation. And so the the water passes through the plant material and then the, the volatile aromatics are going to evaporate off. And so it's it's going from almost a, a liquid to a gaseous phase, if you will. And so, you know, it, it's raising its vibration, if you will. And so as it cools down again, it, it relaxes, but it has almost a higher state of expression. Mm. And so this is what I notice about essential oils in general, is they're almost more light and etheric in their aromatic quality. Now let's compare this to something that is um, very therapeutic and potent, which is known as a CO2 extract. Mm. Now, the CO2 extraction, which is um, quite commonly utilized in uh, the field of cannabis, as you're well mm-hmm. aware of, Ryan, mm-hmm. um, this utilizes carbon dioxide as a solvent. And the um, the carbon dioxide is uh, it's a it's a nonpolar solvent. And it is able to pull out, um, it, it does a very good job of producing a concentrated uh, plant essence. Um, one of our CO2 extraction suppliers states that they're typically approximately um, twice as potent, therapeutically speaking, compared to a traditional steam distilled essential oil. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that these machines work is 
they change the temperature in the gas because CO2 at room temperature is a gas, right? And so by changing and cooling the, the temperatures, you can change the CO2 gas into a liquid. You run the liquid through the plant material in a closed closed loop system and you apply pressure. And what this does is the CO2 liquid passes through the plant material, it extracts the terpenes and the aromatic molecules and the different waxes. And this process usually takes many hours. And once once the plant material is saturated uh, with the CO2 and the CO2 sits and absorbs uh, the different constituents and the process is complete, then the the system is depressurized and the temperatures return to normal. And what happens to the solvent? So the CO2 completely leaves um, the plant material. And what you're left with is a very concentrated and clean Mm. solvent extracted product. And so CO2 extracts are considered to be high potent therapeutic concentrates. Now, When I compare a CO2 extract to a steam distilled essential oil, it's much more robust and Mm. aromatically potent. Lots of essential oils, I almost feel like there's a single note. And even if there's different layers to that single note, uh, it almost feels thinner or like like it's a single experience when you breathe it into your nose. Like an isolated versus full spectrum, right? Like in a way, not legitimately, but almost like how when you, you know, for instance, in the cannabis industry, like having CBD isolate versus full spectrum, they're going to, in this case, CBD isolate wouldn't really smell, but for theory's sake, like they would smell different because it's only one constituent versus the full uh, expression of that, of that plant. I resonate with that, uh, mm. with that statement. Yes. Um, I, I would say there's, there's some variance around that statement, but I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And, and what I would state is that there's different layers in that CO2 extraction and it's, it's almost more unchanged compared to the um, steam distilled essential oil because during the heat heating process, some of the delicate terpenes are lost and or changed. And an example of that is um, in German chamomile. German chamomile essential oil is known as this um, beautiful, robust azul blue essential oil. And it's rich in this molecule called camazuline. Mm. Now, camazuline is not actually found in chamomile. Um, in German chamomile, I should be more specific because there's different types of chamomile. So German chamomile, when heat is applied and the distillation is occurring, there's two molecules from the, from the plant that heat up. And during that heating process, they react with each other. And that produces this anti-inflammatory camazuline molecule, which is a rich blue color. And so the CO2 extraction is, I I would say that there are some very potent pressures that are applied, but very rarely is an elevated temperature applied into the equation when producing these extracts. And so you, you almost receive a more potent, unchanged aromatic spectrum. And so an example of a comparison 
a cardamom steam distilled or a cardamom CO2 extract, if you're going for, for flavor and or uh, aroma potency, you wanted to make a really beautiful, robust perfume that is, um, it's rich, rich, earthy, and spicy. Mm. And you want it to have a deeper level of depth. I would go with the CO2 compared mm. to the steam distilled oil. Now for that same perfume, if you wanted something that had a hint of spice and was was light and aromatic and, and euphoric almost, I would go with the steam distilled. Mm. And so, you know, when looking at my botanical library, the question that I ask myself when I'm producing a product is what are our goals? And so the steam distilled and the CO2 extracts are the most common extraction types that are available on the broad spectrum essential oil market. Now, there are other types of extractions. There are cold pressed oils. Um, those are typically citrus oils and the skins are pressed utilizing high pressure machines. And that's an efficient way of collecting the, the essential oils from the, from the rinds of the citrus fruits. There are also um, solvent extracted absolutes. Now, those are typically nonpolar solvent extracts that a majority of those are pretty nasty in terms of the, the solvents that are used. The final product is aromatically beautiful. And what my experience um, is and um, what I've learned over the years is some of these solvent extracted absolutes can be relatively pure in terms of their final products because technology is getting better the um, the solvents are getting more pure with less impurities. And so I don't typically suggest an absolute as a uh, as a therapeutic option. So uh, the nonpolar solvents utilize um, they, they pull the aromatics from the plant material um, similar to a CO2 extract, but may not be under pressure or changes of temperature necessarily. So a solvent extracted absolute, utilizes a nonpolar solvent such as mm. hexane and the plant material would sit in the hexane and the, the aromatic material would the volatile aromatics and the different lipids and waxes will get pulled through the hexane or the nonpolar solvent, which is being used. And this material is then evaporated. And so the, the nonpolar solvent a grand majority of it leaves the solution and you're left with a rich um, aromatic concrete. Mm. And so it, it's like a waxy, waxy concentrated, like rich with, with terpenes and uh, volatile aromatics in a waxy matrix. Mm. Now this material is then put into alcohol and the alcohol will then pull out the volatile aromatics and it gets really rich with the, uh, the plant materials constituents mm. and the alcohol is then evaporated out of this material. And what's left is a, a concentrated final absolute. Mm. And so these absolutes are are very beautiful, and I would say that they're they're the closest to the most concentrated aromatic 
version of the true plant's expression. Mm. And, and so these are not typically utilized for therapeutic purposes and aromatically speaking and for botanical perfumery, uh, these solvent extracted absolutes are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And so many people are familiar with um, these absolutes because, for instance, for those who are familiar with jasmine essential oil, jasmine essential oil, uh, it's very uncommon that 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 exists. And it's it's actually a different process that's used to get a jasmine essential oil quote unquote, because you, if, if you're distilling jasmine flowers, you're actually going to destroy the delicate aromatics, um, from the, from the flowers. Mm. And so, uh, what you need to do is actually start with the, the jasmine concrete, which uses a solvent extract to get that aromatic wax I was talking about and use that as the starting material Mm. to then distill. And then, so I have seen a hydro distilled jasmine essential oil, which is very rare. And (laughs) most people are never going to see that on the market. It is very beautiful. Mm. However, most people that quote unquote jasmine essential oil, that's a jasmine absolute. And Mm. so um, the absolutes are very beautiful and full spectrum in terms of their aromatic qualities and many flowers, uh, a solvent extracted absolute is the most, yeah, solvent extracted absolute really produces one of the most favorable aromatic profiles um, for rare and exotic materials. Mm. Wow. That was like absolutely amazing and it it always it never ceases to amaze me like how much you know about this stuff i mean i've had you i've heard you talk on paul's before i've heard you talk in ben greenfield and i just nerd out on this stuff so much and one thing that i'm curious on that i might be completely wrong on but when you talk about hexane and that type of extraction is that same same at all to like a butane extraction when it comes to hash oils like i know like bho and there were other some like hydrocarbons i'm not sure if that would be considered a hydrocarbon but that's like i'm i'm relating this to cannabis cuz you know that's that's where i come from and so you absolutely know, i know that for instance like bho and these types of hydrocarbon extracts within cannabis they had some of the best terpenes the only thing that got me nervous was back in the day before the technology had gotten there, those people that were, I believe the term was purging uh, with like a hot water purge versus like, you know, when I actually was in a dispensary seeing it happen on multi-million dollar equipment, you know, it definitely makes me curious of what I was ingesting back in 2009, 2010. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, it's really amazing because it shows that there's so many different ways to do this and to accomplish this goal. And one of the things that I'm curious on for you, and I have a couple of funny questions too, that I want to ask you, but you know, something that I'm really curious on is I've seen, you know, obviously uh, I don't know if all of your oils or just some of them are vapable, but I'm curious if we could get into that, like what makes an essential oil vapable or inhalable versus one that is only able to be applied topically. Is that a different extraction method or what's going on there? I, I think you asked me a question about um, the BHO, the butane uh, yes. for the plant extract. And yes. um, what I would say is it sounds to me, because I, I haven't studied those. I've always been interested in the most therapeutic on mm. the market. And because when I was doing consulting at cannabis clinics, the technology wasn't clean enough that I didn't trust these nonpolar solvent extracts to be clean enough that I would suggest them for patients' use. Now, what it sounds to me like is these 
these would essentially fall under this um, this nonpolar solvent extract, almost mm. like a solvent extracted absolute. So it does sound like it's um, speaking a, a similar language. Gotcha. And you are mentioning that um, it they do have some of the most uh, beautiful aromatic terpenes that you've mm. discovered. And so that really is resonating. Mm. Um, I, I have... You're reminding me that I had a discussion with someone over the past year that was building a nonpolar um, solvent extraction for plant material. Mm. Uh, I mean, they were they were working at it so that it produced a really uh, purified high high grade end product uh, that they were going to use for plants other than cannabis. And mm. so, um, yeah, I, that that essentially is a, a solvent extracted absolute. So. So uh, cool. I love that your experience <laughs> references that. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention that there's another extraction method that we've been working with for the past few years, which um, it's an ultrasonic extraction method that is producing a, a very concentrated therapeutic final product. And it's not one that is widely available on the essential oil market. And the the final product is because we're using high pressures to keep the temperatures really low the final product it doesn't have a very clear aromatic quality but the therapeutic constituents that are found inside the plants it's really concentrating it's extracting and it's concentrating it and we're producing these amazing therapeutic tinctures utilizing um, ultrasonic technology. And so this extraction method uses water as a solvent and it's mm. utilizing sound uh, in the oh, ultrasonic wow. range. And so um, by placing the plant material into a bath with structured water and, and ultrasonic frequencies, the ultrasonic frequencies really dance in the water. And on, on a very micro scale, it's a very high level of energy and, um, and heat. And this, uh, this process, it breaks down the cell walls of the plant material and it, it extracts the plant alkaloids and the, the different terpene molecules. And so what we what we're doing is we we produce essentially this high concentrated tea and the ultrasonic tea that we are extracting will then vacuum that to pull out uh, the different waxes and lipids that we don't want in our final product. And um, we'll put it under a vacuum distillation process to get a, um, a final uh, ultrasonic extract of a plant that we're utilizing. Mm. We then take that extract and we add in some, some structured water and organic alcohol to produce a final ultrasonic tincture. And our ultrasonic tinctures, Ryan, are, are so powerful and mm. therapeutically potent that truly there's many plants that I've never truly understood their potency and their message that they carry until mm. we've extracted it in-house ourselves. Mm. And so an example of that would be like our ultrasonic skullcap tincture. So skullcap, I've always heard is it's supposed to be helpful to fall asleep. And I've seen it in different sleep formulas, most oftentimes in combination with other uh, plants. And 
I've never really felt it very strongly. And when we started um, extracting skullcap and I started having a relationship with it, what I've noticed about the ultrasonic skullcap is it's, it's relaxing to the physical body and to the mind. Now, it's also... While it's focusing, it's also relaxing. And so if I'm experiencing stress, it's able to relax a stressed mind, but it's also very focusing and clear. Mm. And so it's um, almost adaptogenic in its stress uh, reduction qualities, Mm. um, which I find to be very helpful because I can utilize it you know, during our podcast, and I can be very lucid and clear for our conversation. I can utilize it before I go to bed, and it will drop me into a deeper level of relaxation. I can take it before I'm doing research and writing. And so it's it's a very adaptable plant. And so utilizing the ultrasonic extraction methods, you're able to produce a very therapeutic extract that produces a a tincture that you can truly feel. Mm. And so this is something that I think is both novel and important to develop a deeper relationship with these plants. That's so beautiful, man. And you know, what got downloaded to me when you were talking about that and speaking about it was that what it seems like to me you're doing is you're almost finding this new way, this ultrasonic extraction method is almost like the most conducive way to translate the language of what these plants are looking to share with us, right? Like that's like the most beautiful thing because really at the end of the day, I mean, I know this with cannabis, which is the main plant I work with that, you know, really understanding cannabis didn't happen for me until so many other things in my external environment and my internal environment were put in alignment, right? So until I started meditating and down-regulating my nervous system and getting better sleep, like the message came through more, right? And so it seems like this extraction method is almost an external way to be able to help that language get better, right? Yes, we can do all the internal stuff, but at the end of the day, if the language from these plants is not translated in the most like uh, conducive and efficient way, we're only going to be able to receive so much of the message. And so what it sounds like to me is that this extraction method is actually allowing you to be able to understand the language of the plant better. And that's amazing. Now I'm curious, like, would this be similar to the kava tincture that uh, you gifted Rachel and I at Paul's? Is that one Um, done ultrasonically or is that different? So the kava tincture we do, we receive it as a CO2 extract of kava um, that we add in different essential oils. Mm. And we then, we actually do charge it um, with the ultrasonic uh, process uh, for a short length of time. And mm. so the ultrasonic process is said to enhance the bioavailability of, mm. of the different constituents. And so I I guess I would answer the question. Yes. And no, our (laughs) ultrasonic tinctures that we do, that we do offer, we start with raw plant material and we take it from start to finish. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that Kava tincture just on a off note is absolutely amazing. Like I've had a lot of experience with uh, Kratom and not too much with Kava. And so when uh, you gifted Rachel and I that so graciously, we uh, tried it, I believe that same night. 
And, and I've, you know, I have really good sleep patterns already. Rachel's the one that has some serious insomnia and both mm-hmm. of us passed out for nine hours straight. And I, I don't even, I can't <laughs> tell you the last time that she slept through a night without having to get up to go to the bathroom or whatever. She, mm-hmm. we woke up and she was like, I don't think I woke up once last night. And I was like, yeah, I don't remember you waking up. And that is like, I mean, we've been together almost mm-hmm. five years and that's almost, that's, I think it's only happened once. Right. After like an extremely strong cannabis edible. Right. Which is not exactly conducive to a uh, Sprite next day. Right. If you eat a 300 milligram (laughs) edible because she has a ridiculous tolerance, you're going to have some side effects next day. But the great thing about the Kava was that, first of all, you didn't have to dose yourself to oblivion with it. It was nice, gentle, rocked you to sleep and you woke up feeling like a million bucks. I love that. It's amazing. Mm. (laughs) Glad you had. I'm glad you and Rachel had such a positive experience with that. Yeah. My um. I, I guess my experience with that relates uh, our Kava relax formulation or our Kava chill formulation. I really feel it slows down an overactive mind and mm. relaxes the physical body and is mildly helpful for pain. Mm. And so it, I find for me that the Kava really aids the transition into sleep. And so, mm. um, you know, for people that have fast acting thoughts, entrepreneurs, and, you know, busyness of the modern age, I feel it it really empowers us to quiet our thoughts and to transition into sleep much more efficiently, mm. and then drop into that sleep really nicely. Mm. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that Rachel had such an extended period of sleep. I, I usually find that the, the Kava um, tincture, it it seems like it lasts maybe four to six hours. And so oftentimes when people have a difficulty falling asleep, it's an excellent solution Mm. for some people that wake up multiple times throughout the night. um, It doesn't always keep them asleep as it did for Rachel. So that's, (laughs) that's wonderful. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I'm curious on is I know Kava is one of these and I know you have the the warning label on the website in terms of like, you know, take some days off, etc. Are there any, you know, for someone out there who's like, hey, this sounds really awesome, right? And they're really excited to get into essential oils. Are there any things that you would caution them on or maybe not even caution is the right word, but make them aware of that they should look out for? Um, You know, again, this is a broad question because I imagine there's thousands of different plants out there. But, you know, within some of the most popular ones, like I know one drop of peppermint oil is equal to like, I think, 19 cups of peppermint tea. Right. So like things like that, like the most well-known oils. Is there anything people should be looking out for just to be aware of when they're when they're purchasing oils or uh, using them in their life? Sure. Well, that's a very broad spectrum statement, as you alluded to. So one thing I would state is not all essential oils are created equally. And so there's a lot of wonderful oils on the market that aren't our brand. And there's a lot of horrible quality oils um, and or I can put quotes around oils, which could even be synthetic fragrances that are on the market. And so um, I think one thing that's really important is if you're choosing to work with an oil for therapeutic purposes, that it should be organic and or wildcrafted. And I mean, truly therapeutically pure and without the the use of um, pesticides or fertilizers um, that can be tainted into the final product, Um, even if the physical 
products are not in the final product. I personally believe on an energetic level, those pesticides, fertilizers, and toxin uh, signatures will translate into the final essential oil product. And mm. so any anyone who's choosing to work with essential oils therapeutically should start with a, a, a truly clean product. Another thing that I think is important is, um, you know, less is more when you're talking about working with essential oils. And so I want to share that towards the beginning of my experimentation in the world of essential oils over a decade ago, or about a decade ago, actually, I was utilizing essential oils, um, pure drops of essential oils directly into my mouth and or into um, my water bottle. And I was um, consuming, I'd say one to 10 drops um, pretty daily of different things. And it really taught me a deep, it was a deep dive into understanding myself on a deeper level and also the capacity and quality that each of these oils vibrate at and the information that they hold in the, their expression of healing. And so uh, it was a very empowering time in my life because I got to learn on a very deep level the therapeutic powers of these oils, be it physically, emotionally, spiritually, or mentally. And as I continued to get healthier and evolved, what I realized was that I needed less of these oils, that um, that they can create a shock to the system because they're so powerful that minute amounts entering into the body, um, be it aromatically, um, oral ingestion, vaporization, massaging it into the bottom of the feet, taking a warm bath, putting it into a diffuser, however someone wants to play with these um, beautiful concentrated molecules that less is really more and less is more, especially if as, as you continue to take better and better care of yourself and your, you, you continue to detox your body and you're able to tap into the subtleties um, because there there's powerful subtleties in essential oils. And so, um, so less is more is, is uh, one thing that I really want to express and, Maybe other, maybe some people on this website, on this podcast will choose to go the route that I did where they experiment with more and they'll find out this lesson themselves at a later time. Let's see, there, there are some, um, I, I would also say check into individual oils if you're pregnant and or breastfeeding. Um, certain oils can alter um, your menstrual cycles and or can some of them, at least theoretically, um, can cause abortion. And so I, I think it's important for people to be wise around the research of um, what might be right for them. Um, I also, I guess, would want to mention that lots of these essential oils may not have the deep level of research. And so I think people need to take their uh, their own educated, informed um, consent around experimenting with essential oils, which might not have safety data for breastfeeding and or pregnancy and or take into heed the theoretical concerns uh, associated with those with those different periods in life before using them. 
Mm, yeah, those are very good uh, pieces of advice, especially the one considering like, you know, especially in today's world, uh, a lot of people, including myself for many years, thought more was better. And that can be a slippery slope, especially when you're working with really powerful molecules and medicines. And so yes. I feel as though that piece of advice is uh, extremely beneficial for people to hear, especially because most of the people who listen to this show are very health conscious. They love, you know, pushing it to the limit in terms of finding out how top notch they can get their bodies, minds and spirits. And so I can imagine someone like me hearing this before that statement and being like, I'm going to throw 10 drops of peppermint oil on every single water I drink. <laughs> and that, could be, yeah, that could be conducive for some challenges, you know, moving down the line. And, you know, considering like the state of the world in general and Western cultures with the busyness going on and the go, 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 and then add in everything that's happened in the last couple of years, I would really be curious to hear what oils you guys offer that are really good for like anxiety and grounding, right? right? Like grounding is this word that, you know, is uh, more and more prevalent and popular these days. And for very good reason, right? It helps you like stop, right? And actually like take a breath. And so I'd love some of your recommendations for those listening who might be like, hey, like I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a coach, I'm a healer, I'm a facilitator, I'm go, go, going all day. And I would love something to assist me in down regulating and entering what I call vacation vibration before they actually go on vacation. <laughs> Cool. So I, I love that uh, vacation vibration. So <laughs> I can I can talk about this topic for hours, and my intent is to um, maybe hone it in into a shorter list um, yeah. with a shorter description, as opposed to going deeper down the rabbit hole with each of these. Mm. Um, so our root formulation. Um, CO2 extracted myrrh, Himalayan cedar, uh, vetiver, spikenard, and divana is very good for um, grounding and connecting a person deeper within their body. And so I find that it's, it's helpful for embodiment and taking on responsibility. Vetiver, vetiver pure vetiver, um, I would say in some senses is a similar type of vibration as I just described into root, except I would say it's the most powerful extract that I have found for stepping a person deeper into their body. So very grounding, very relaxing, and very helpful for people that are having a difficult time being present in their body. Um, Invigor is a great formulation that is it's helpful for supporting memory, focus, and concentration. And that's uh, an essential oil blend that we have. We call it a, a wizard alchemy blend. And our ultrasonic skull cap tincture is, um, would be a really helpful daytime um, stress reducer slash, I guess, adaptogenic mind focusing blend that I feel is helpful for entrepreneurs. Our ultrasonic skull cap tincture uh, or our ultrasonic Tulsi tincture and or our Kava Chill formulation, I think are both great solutions for nighttime uh, stress reducing. Let's see what others are jumping into my awareness. Our Violet Chill is really helpful for taking the edge off. Violet Chill is also great for children. Another nice thing about Violet Chill is it's great for bug bites, itching, mm and also um, inflamed skin. Mm. So I think that's a nice 
little um, relatively concise list. <laughs> I, I could go on. Um, you know, we we actually have over 300 products, probably about 130, 140 of those are, are pure essential oils. And the rest of those are different alchemy blends, uh, ultrasonic tinctures. You know, we have a, a divine aligned chakra set and, and we have a line of exquisite perfumes. And so there's definitely some nice, yeah, a nice collection and selection of, of products. And my, my goal is to be as concise to what I think would be the the best spread for a majority of of listeners. Mm. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I wanted to stop by while I had your ear and share a very special announcement with you. You may have heard people say that we are facing an epidemic of loneliness in the world right now. We believe that this is only half of the story and that the real epidemic and the root of feeling loneliness is a lack of connection. Do you want to connect to more purpose and passion with the important work you are doing? Do you wish you had closer friendships with people who understand you, listen to you, and are truly present with you? Are you wishing you and your partner could move deeper into love together? The connection in all of these areas comes down to the one most important element of connection, the ability to connect with yourself. If you are ready to see change in your life, If you are ready to feel differently when you wake up in the morning, if you are ready to step into the life you envision for yourself, the first and only route to making these changes is settling in, quieting down, and being able to connect to yourself. Now, this can be a major challenge in today's world with media, culture, and other energies that pull us out of our ability to connect. When you've tried fitness, meditation, and other self-development practices, and still find yourself feeling alone and lacking connection, you may be feeling out of options and wondering if you'll ever be able to tap into your full potential that you know deep down is possible in your life. What we have found in working with our clients is that plant medicines, and cannabis in particular, can guide us in having the experience of what true connection looks and feels like. In this way, cannabis can act as a rite of passage for connection and a gateway toward the spouse, tribe, mission, and life you know you are ready for. Now the pitfall here is that many people become codependent on the medicines, such as cannabis, and expect the medicine to do the work for them. If this continues, what will happen is the user will find themselves reaching for more and more cannabis to feel connection, without taking ownership of their role in the outcome of their experience, and thus they will fall into repeating the same painful patterns. As Zen Buddhism teaches, How you do anything is how you do everything. Therefore, if this painful pattern is showing up in your relationship with cannabis, it is likely a reflection of the same patterns you're experiencing in your friendships, romantic relationships, business, and your relationship with yourself. Learning to work with cannabis effectively will supercharge your experience and will help you get the result you are actually seeking, which is connection. We created a program to support seekers and high achievers like you in doing exactly this. To learn how to work with the healing power of cannabis to connect you back to yourself so you can unlock purpose, passion, and creativity in all areas of your life. What this program will give you is the long lost user manual for cannabis. This user manual will teach you how to connect with cannabis correctly so that the plant can act as your spiritual aid and ally in life, just as our ancestors understood and practiced. If you're ready to unlock the full power of cannabis, 
meet like-minded people on the same path as you, build more purpose into your life, and have the most fun doing homework you've ever had, this message is for you. To learn more and qualify for your spot in the program, hop over to our Instagram profile at highly.optimized and book a discovery call. The conscious cannabis revolution is here. Will you be joining us? Sending all of you love. Enjoy the rest of the show. I love that, man. Yeah. And if you guys go take a look at essential oil wizardry, it is incredible how many things you have on there, right? I get into analysis paralysis. I'm like, I want everything, right? <laughs> it's so challenging, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and uh, one thing I'm curious on, you know, in terms of those people like me, like yourself, who are, you know, committed to, you know, really up leveling their consciousness as much as possible, right? And, you know, what are some of the things that you've done to assist you in allowing these essential oils to speak to you more deeply, right? Like meditating, breath work. I'd love if you could drop a couple of those that someone might be able to do if they purchase an essential oil, be able to, you know, do in addition to that to be able to allow it to have the best effect possible. I think that the essential oils uh, can really be a feedback mes- mechanism to better learning and understanding yourself. Mm. And so when a person is in a meditative space of exploring their own consciousness and you're interpreting a higher level of being um, through, let me give a specific example, working with our ultrasonic blue lotus tincture and or um, salvia divinorum and or our celestial tincture. By utilizing one of these individual plants or um, one of our tincture formulations, the general trend is a relaxation in the physical body and also deeper level of awareness within the mind. Mm. Couple that with a practice such as meditation. I I found Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations to be um, very helpful for beginning to advance students, the way that he teaches and informs kind of from a scientific perspective on how this meditation works, why it works, what are the goals, and mm. he he acts as a guide. I found his meditation styles to be uh, very deep and powerful in my own personal transformations. Mm. Breath work is something that I, I work with um, almost daily, and that has been for about two years um, since the start of the pandemic. And there's a few teachers uh, that that I've followed for breath work that I really enjoy. Daniel Raphael has mm. the dream porting breath. My friend Josh Trent has a, a powerful breathe, breathe program. Both of those programs I have as links on our website. Mm. Um, the uh, Michael Brian Baker has, has a great uh, breath practice. Um, his, his uh, offering is called the breath center. Mm. And so um Breath work can be a concentrated, powerful, um, and short practice where you're augmenting your breath using different breathing techniques to channel a deeper state of of inner awareness and um, can really change and alter the consciousness. Now, combine it with some of these essential oils or or tinctures, such as the ones I've I've mentioned, and or things like our Frank Murren gold tincture or our oil elevation, uh, oil of elevation massaged into the bottom of the feet. 
um, before practice. These can really deepen a person into their physical body while they are going through this practice, um, achieving a higher state of consciousness. Mm. And so I feel um, in my own practice, the goal of life is not to become disembodied or to or to escape, but to deepen our state of awareness and train our, our physical body, our mind and channel our soul connection. And I find that these oils through tapping into a higher state of consciousness, a deeper state of awareness, we can establish new levels of baselines. Mm. And the goal is not to be dependent upon the oils or the tinctures to get you there, but to understand fully where these plants can take you because these are places that we can take ourselves. And so I look at these different botanical allies as friends to teach us more about ourselves on how we can deepen our connection to ourselves into the universe around us. Yeah. You know, that's why I love calling them plant teachers, right? Depending on what, you know, you're needing in that moment, plant medicines, plant teachers, et cetera. But the way that I see it, right. Is, and I, and I love they're getting into this and, you know, this is a deep rabbit hole that I won't go down too much, but really the way I see it is the whole point of life, right? If there's a point, right. My point, put it that way to make it more personal. My point is just seeing how much bliss and ecstasy I can invoke in my being in a otherwise sober state, right? And the reason I interact with plants like cannabis and kava and kratom, right? And interact with plant teachers like these oils is to allow me to remember how to get there so that I understand it's possible because before I get there, I don't know it's possible, right? So what this shows me is a path of understanding, oh, yes, this is possible. Now that I know it's possible, I can get there in a meditation. I can get there with breathwork. I can get there walking amongst amongst nature. And I know one thing you were mentioning back in the beginning was how these plants vibrate at a very high level, especially when they're in an extracted form. And one of the things that I was thinking there is that my own journey, and I imagine what the journey of the planet is going through right now is this rise to fourth dimensional uh, states of awareness and then fifth dimensional states of awareness. And really, the way I see that is just simply vibrating at a higher level, right? Because once you get past the fifth, past the fifth dimension, if you follow certain lineages, you know, they, a lot of people say you don't really even have a body anymore. And so, you know, what I'm thinking is like, when you're making these extracts, you're actually like increasing the vibration of them. And then they are able to give you messages from, I mean, if you want to say different dimensions to be able to allow you to understand these teachings that have otherwise been lost, right? Unless you're following the mystery schools or these ancient lineages, because now we're so left brained that it's so challenging from that type of state to be able to understand these things and understand them, right? Like when you, when you talk of this kind of conversation to let's put it me 12 years ago, I'd be like, okay, I, I, I get it, but I don't actually get it because I haven't experienced it. Right. What everything we're talking about is like having the direct experience and that's how you yes. get to this knowing, right. It's a right brain activity. It's a qualitative science type thing where you don't necessarily need the science in front of you to be able to have that knowing. And so I love that man. And 
being able to create such beautiful products that gift people the opportunity to have assistance and teaching uh, on their way to ascension is, in my opinion, one of the coolest missions out there. And so I commend you on what you do and the products mm-hmm. you offer. I mean, they're incredible. I'm actually right after this, I'm going to buy more uh, third eye and uh, I'm going to look at some of the tinctures too. So I really appreciate you coming on, man. This has been so much fun. And, you know, I'm curious for those listening, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they find essential oil wizardry? I'd love for you to drop any links. You have anything like that. Let the people know where they can find your amazing stuff. Great. Yeah. So um, essentialoilwizardry.com is where you can learn more about all of our individual products and tinctures. Um, We are somewhat active on Instagram at essentialoilwizardry. And we also have an email list that people who are interested in keeping up to date with what we are up to um, that you can sign up for on the website. Mm, Perfect. And I have one more question for you, Nick, if you're up for it, what do you say? Yep. All right, cool. So if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Dr. Nick Berry suggest that change be? Well, it's, it's kind of funny because we already talked about it. I really love the potency of breath work. Mm. Um, like specifically my, my friend, Daniel Raphael's dream porting breath. Um, it's one of the most powerful transformations that I've personally discovered, uh, without working with entheogens, um, or high level meditation, uh, in about five minutes. Mm. And so, um, breath work is a, is a very powerful practice that helps to, um, shut off and, or clear the mind and really empowers me when I awaken to be fresh and clear for the day. So I think that's a great one to add. And I have many more, but you asked for one. So there you go. <laughs> hey, we'll have to do a round two, three, four, et cetera, to get all of them out of you, man. And you know, <laughs> it's so funny too, because Breathwork and I are like this. It's my favorite thing as someone who is a recovering adrenaline junkie, right? Like breathwork for me, especially like the more Wim Hof styles and the more upregulated styles. I mean, you know, having done 5-MeO DMT and things like that, it's a very similar feeling just for a very short amount of time in comparison. But, you know, I'm always the guy that anytime entheogens are involved, I mean, are involved, I'm always the one being like, hey, let's go do some breath work, right? Because if you, I imagine you have, but if for anyone listening, if you have not interacted with breath work, when you're interacting with cannabis or another plant medicine, it's definitely an interesting process and it definitely changes things up a bit. (laughs) So definitely, you know, uh, this isn't medical advice, but you know, if you're open to that kind of thing, explore it. It's really fun. And so Nick, this is absolutely amazing, man. And you know, guys, when I first heard Nick speak some years back on Ben Greenfield's podcast, I immediately felt a resounding yes echo from my heart. And my soul was immediately intrigued to discover more about him his craft, and his products. After going down a serious rabbit hole for the next year, learning more about the history of essential oils, what separates a high-quality oil from a low-quality oil, etc., I realized right away that Dr. Nick's products were not only the highest quality quantitatively, aka made with the highest quality ingredients, but that they were also the highest quality qualitatively, aka crafted with the purest intentions and the highest energy qualities as well. Having interacted with hundreds of essential oils, I can tell you right now from personal experience that when you experience any of Dr. Nick's products, you will feel what I am speaking to and rediscover the magic that is waiting for all of us in reconnecting to the nature around us. 
Dr. Nick, thank you so much for the beautiful work you do in the world, for being such a beacon of love, and for sharing your time with the listeners and me today. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.